Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis. This is Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Hello, Andrew. Hi there, Steve. Um, so, you know, Andrew, last time, just uh, just a few days ago, we posted uh, a uh, podcast that we referred to the question, is your life in balance? And um, of course, what we were referring to is whether or not faith carries the proper, you know, perspective in our lives, whether or not we're walking by sight or by or walking by faith, even as the word calls us to do so. And um, well, it was a really good podcast. I thought it was about 55 minutes long. I don't know that we'll go that long today, but let's talk a little bit. Let's further that discussion a little bit, because I do think life balance is, with any guy you talk to, a, a challenge. It's just a hard I, thing. I agree. It's hard to get it right. And you know, we made the comment a little bit ago, Andrew, before we went on the podcast here, that um, it's easy to be lazy about a lot of things. Sure. It, it requires no discipline by virtue of the word lazy. That's, That's why a lack of discipline. Television and entertainment is so popular so in today's easy. culture. So easy to go to be our go-to. Uh, eating, overeating, drinking, smoking, all of it. I mean, any and all of those those forms of, we'll call it entertainment, are easy to go to because they're it's it's doesn't require any discipline. So, what I wanted to look at, I think Matthew six, uh, Jesus's words. And if you if you're listening and you want to get to your Bible, turn to Matthew six, and we'll we're going to look at verse twenty four specifically. And here's what Jesus said. There's a lot he said before this in this chapter. This is all red letters, so it's all his words. And really, these are the words to live by for any of us that are listening to this podcast. The Jesus's words and God's word in general are the way that we should frame our life and our life experience and, and our life actions. No one can serve two masters, it says in verse 24. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So let's tear this down a little bit, Andrew, and talk about it. Um, I think it's interesting, let me just say this before you jump in here, Andrew. I think it's interesting that it says devoted to one and despise the other, as though you cannot have the two going simultaneously. But I think the way that Jesus has said, said this, and I don't want to second guess this, guess this on his behalf, but I think it's all a matter of perspective. We, we have to operate in a world, and in this world that we live in, though it's a fallen uh, state that we live in, it does function through the use of uh, exchanges, i.e. in this particular case, money. So it's it's obviously not intended for him to say money is off the table, but it definitely is his way of saying there needs to be the proper perspective. So what is your thought about this, Andrew? Well, you can't serve God and also equally serve money. Mm-hmm. It's one or it's the other. So if you're going to serve money... In other words, it's about you. It's about what you're gathering. It's uh, about what your 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 career is about. How much stuff can I get? How much security I can get? How much better I feel about myself and all the things that I like to do in this world? You can't. You can't. That cannot be your master. And equally, have Jesus as your master. Jesus is above all that other stuff because He wants us to take a higher perspective, an eternal perspective. Where, where we're laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. There's a scripture that says we're, we're, you know, rust and moths don't destroy. We're, we have, we have a faith consciousness that we're doing this unto the Lord 
to serve other people. And yet the other perspective is, hey, it's about me. It's about serving money. I have people I know dear to me. They're, they're you know, this is a very common type of, uh, you know, citizen in America. They're all about the money. It's about the money. It's about the money every day, the stock market, their business, their careers. Their eyes are off of Jesus completely. And then there's people, you know, hopefully like me and you and all the listeners, we hope, you know, and if you're not there, you'll get there. But it's, it, you know, we, we, we do want to have good careers. We want to do, be excellent. We want to, you know, help people. Well, we, we want to serve in a sense our boss or we want to show a good example to our employees. We want to run a nice business or be a good employee. But it really, that's not our devotion. Our devotion is pleasing Jesus, for he gave up his life for us. God's, God gave up Jesus to come into the world. How will he not give us all things? So our perspective is you know, to live a life of righteousness and I'll go on to talk about that and to serve him, but you can't serve money equally. There's just no way. What do you think about where it says, let me pick up verse 24. It says, um, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. Yeah. You know, I think in terms of perspective, you know, I think it's easy for us to think that God is joining our story. And I've talked about this use of terminology in the past on other podcasts. Um, we, we look at it, I think there's a tendency to look at it as he's joined our story. But when we get this in the proper framework, you know, we, you really have to go back from my perspective, Andrew, you got to go back to pre-fall. So what was the purpose, the intended purpose of man's creating, I mean, God's creating man? It was solely for one purpose, to relate to him, to be in relationship with him, to, to show allegiance to him, to show, uh, to show, um, reverence for him, to glorify him, to bring glory to him. Then the fall occurred and everything changed. And, you know, we know of course, in Genesis, he put us out of the garden and then he said, these things will befall you, mm-hmm. you know, because you weren't obedient. And I think it's I think it's less I don't think it I don't see this is just me now saying this. I don't see the fall of man as a punishment, but rather a consequence of the non pursuance of him. In other words, the Bible clearly says to us that light cannot have fellowship with darkness. So when we step into darkness, we are outside of the realm and the value and the benefit of the light. And the best example I can give of that to, to give a real illustration is turn a light, turn a flashlight, a really sharp, strong flashlight on in sheer darkness. And there's that line. You know, you can see it straight, shooting straight through the mist. There is a clear line of division between light and darkness. So when we step away, as we did in the book of Genesis, we are then subject to the darkness. And so... What I think we've gotten really messed up in, in our perspective is that God has joined our story and not us joining his. And it's really the other way around. He's been around, we've said this before, he's been around for eternity past and he added us to his story. So when we get that perspective right, suddenly it kind of brings everything into focus. But I think, Andrew, to your question about this, um, devoted to one and despise the other, our money 
you know, we need, you know, say, put your money where your mouth is. Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Our money, Christ needs to be that money. He needs to be the focus that we depend on, that we pursue, that we invest in, that we that we just are heart after, because anything less than that will not produce. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit in this podcast about where we are as a society uh, psychologically, and it's not a very good place, and I'll, we'll talk about it a little later in the podcast, but why would that be? Well, the reason for any of this is because we've lost pursuance of our first true love. That's right. Getting back to getting back to who Christ is and who God intends to be in our hearts, he says, devoted to one, despising the other. And that devotion needs to be to the very one who is the source, the Lord and giver of life. The, the one who puts breath in our lungs, who gives vision, who gives the senses, who gives our very being, you know, he spoke us into existence and that's the one we need to be allegiant to. The man who is all about the money, about himself and about uh, all that he can gain in this world. Let's say it's not only money, but it's, you know, power, lust, um, influence, great wealth or not so much great wealth or that guy is not about the Lord. He will end up despising the things of Jesus Christ. He has turned his eyes away from the truth, mm-hmm. and he's rejected or forsaken the fountains of living water. He said to himself sometime in his life, I'm going for what the world can give me, and I'm casting my eyes upon I'm, ca- I'm casting my eyes upon that, and I'm turning away from, I'm mm-hmm. despising the things that are spiritual, the things that Jesus did for me. And, co- and, and then on the other side of that, we want to be the people who are like, we are all about serving the master, the one and true master, the only Lord of lords and king of kings, the one who saved our soul for heaven. And we're despising that other man, the one that's serving the, this the the pre pre born again man, mm-hmm. you know. When I was eighteen years old, you know, I got saved when I was eighteen years old. But a lot of people get saved later. The uh, the old man, the old man who's all about making money, serving himself, mm-hmm. selfish, mm-hmm. greedy, going his own way. So I I it's a it's kind of a weird concept, but they're not they're so far apart because when you take up your cross and follow him, which is later in the story. You're all about what does it mean to please him? You know, I, I, we thought about where to go with this podcast, but Steve, this is such a huge deal. You know, we're in St. Louis, Missouri, if anyone else is listening in other parts of the country. We live in West County. We're around a lot of, I have been around a lot of rich people. Mm-hmm. I've got some rich relatives, I just said. I've been around people that are all about, you know, making their mark in this world, you know. They are what they call it, self-made. Mm-hmm. They're cheered on. They're celebrated. You know, this guy's self-made. He came from nothing. He was an immigrant. He came to the, came to the country with nothing, or he had nothing. He wasn't helped. He didn't have an education, and he he was a self-made man. That's awesome. But at what price did you become self-made? Did you serve the Lord all those twenty and thirty years while you're building your business, or? Was it just all about the business? Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. it's an appropriate conversation. Yeah, well, because and- of 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 all the people we've seen 
go the other way and just serve, serve the things of this world. That has become their master because they've forsaken the calling on their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, that's absolutely, Andrew. And, and if you think about this word master, I mean, master, yeah, it's different than a boss. I mean, it's different than a manager. It's different. Those those titles are given to lesser, you know, lesser I agree. positions, but master. Ma- is a master at the top? Well, master would be at the top. Master, master of your soul, master of your spirit. The the one who who takes a position of prominence, the could, ultimate. Would, could you not call it your God? Well, sure, sure you could, but I I guess the point is, yeah, I think it makes total sense that Jesus would say, "You have to choose a master. Hmm. You, you can't have two masters. This this position is a uniquely different position than any other form of management. This is the one who rules your soul, who rules your existence, who rules your spirit, who rules your thoughts, who rules your actions, who rules your your your." Contemplation. Yeah, this is not like your, this is different. This is not like your wife. This is not like your boss or even his right. boss. This, this is, is you're right. This is who the has superior. the greatest influence over your soul. Yeah, and I think that's why he says, why Jesus himself says, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and to the one and despise the other. This is not uh, a, a place where you can find uh, equitable balance. God, Jesus is is saying of himself and of the Lord that they have to be absolute first and foremost, number one. And so then when you look at money and, you know, I, you know, we, we said a little bit ago, Andrew, uh, before we got on the podcast, we talked about how, you know, it's really common among the most faithful guys get together and they want to talk about their investments and how their money's doing and what's the, what's the market doing today? What's the Dow? What's the NASDAQ? What are the, you know, I don't know all the terms, but you know, they'll, they'll get into that. And in fact, you and I know, even in the body of Christ, I know from at least one church I've been to in the past where there is an investment club. Hmm. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a really big deal. Well, let me just say this, that in, in the gospels, I've heard this, I, that Jesus talks the most about how to deal with money. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm saying that because money is a huge deal every day of our lives. Where am, I going to eat, where am I going to eat today? What restaurant am I going to go to? How can I save on gas? Gosh, is it three seventy-five? You know, am I being a good steward of this purchase, or did I overpay for this? It comes up all day long, all day long, every day, probably every minute. Is that uh, download worthy of thirty-five dollars, or should I just go buy the book? It's not the money we're talking about, okay? Because money is very important. It's the perspective on what it is um, in our life and how we deal with the money. It's it's the mastery of money over us. That's Does, right. Is money our master? And um, because it is so critical, like I'm looking here in our studio slash my office in my home, and I'm spending money right now electrically. I mean, and and from a, the perspective of heat. We don't get through a moment of a day without spending money. Everything it costs to live, it costs to operate life. And so it is no particularly wonder that we're concerned about money. But when money rules the day or takes an inordinate position in our hearts or our minds, that's what he's talking about here. 
we we have to despise money. We have to see money for what its value is. We need money to survive, but we need to see it from the perspective of how can God, how can we allow the Lord to use the money in our lives to keep him first? Yeah, so if you look really? at, Steve, you look at verse 26. So we just read uh, verse 24, sorry. So I'm going to read from verse 25 all the way down to verse 32, okay? Sure. So after he says you cannot serve two masters, I think he's laying out a guideline for what is the healthy perspective about money. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet our heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the fields grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which are alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Go back to that. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? Again, so he's repeating this, Steve, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all things. I'm just going to finish this up. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. I'm going to say this, I'm going to throw it back to you. On the last podcast, I kept repeating... um, but seek first the kingdom of God, or the, the first seek his kingdom. I left out and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I want to go back to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the important part about his righteousness, not only for, supposed to seek his kingdom and how his kingdom works and endeavor to know him, but also to walk in his ways. That's what his righteousness means. It means that God is righteous. He makes right decisions. He goes down right paths. He's not a liar. He speaks the truth. All of his decisions, all of his thoughts, and all of his ways, all of God's ways are righteousness mm-hmm. or right mm-hmm. or right or the right way of doing things. So when we when we seek first the kingdom of God and put him first, mm-hmm. which is which is the serving as the correct master, we're seeking his righteousness. We're seeking his way. And that, mm-hmm. that's a lot mm-hmm. of this is right out of the Bible. It says, mm, Absolutely. You, our ways need to be pleasing unto him. I know there's a scripture that says, when your ways please the Lord, he makes even your enemies be at peace with you. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to... You wanna... Well, I, you know, I, what really, really strikes me about this, you know, the reading from 25 until the end of that passage that you just read through uh, verse 34 is we can get this whole thing so uh, out of balance. And and the balance is who gave us money to begin with? Yeah. And, and really he is the source and he says this, Jesus, these are his words, Andrew, mm. you know, he says, Jesus teaches about worry 
And most of us tie worry to our ability to survive. It's all about survival. And we have seen money, where where we have really twisted this, money has become our God because we see money as the provider for clothes, for wares, for housing, for automobiles, for everything, investment. We see money as the source. But sadly, the source of the money, well, not sadly, but this is where we get it confused, I think. What Jesus is saying in these passages are, I'm the money. That's right. I'm the source of I'm the of provider. Life. I'm the provider. It's not the money. It's not the 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 silver dollars or the gold coins or the 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 dollar bills it is me who has provided i have provided everything that exists from eternity past to eternity future it is all me M- money then in, when seen in the proper perspectives perspective puts us right smack in the middle of these verses where he says and why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. I'm just repeating what Andrew read here. 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. I mean, so God, Jesus, I believe if we could hear him in voice, it would not be like this. See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. I mean, it wouldn't be like that. I think he's making a compelling, strong uh, articulated uh, uh, message, you know, he's 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 preaching to us that please don't lose sight of who the source of life and provision is. It is me. Money becomes an end, not in itself, but a means to an end, and the end that God would be glorified. That we keep it all in the proper perspective and in the rightful balance for what it is. So, you know, yes, we, we it does take money in this life to survive. But when we understand, Lord, thank you for the provision. Thank you for the success. Thank you for the uh, uh, promotion. Thank you for the opportunity, no matter how big or small, when we keep it all in the proper perspective. You know, what just continues to strike me, Andrew, is when he left this world, he said, he said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. What is that peace? The peace is, the peace that passes all understanding is, guess what? Jesus is the Lord and giver of life. And if we will rest in him, we will rest all together. Well, the, the, the interesting thing... Does that make thing, sense? Yeah, interesting. You said rest. Look, look at verse 25. It says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Yeah. Do not worry about your body as to what you will put on. Is not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Mm. talks about he, he feeds the birds of the air. Why are you worried about clothing again? In verse 28. Yeah. And it says, it says, God even clothes the lilies of the field, and Solomon wasn't clothed that way. For verse 32, for, and then it says, verse 31, do not worry then. Again, he's repeating, do not worry. What will we eat or what will we drink? So it and, says, and them, Andrew in 26, he says, are you not much more valuable than. Exactly. I think what he's saying, hey, they? this is why I see it, Steve. Slow down. Yeah, slow down. Don't be so uptight about whether your bank account is growing or whether it's not growing or whether it's actually reversing. Don't worry about these earthly matters here. You know, give this give this stuff to me. Yeah. I know you need clothing and food. I know you have a mortgage. I know that you're believing for certain things. I see it. I get it. Yeah. So so you know, for all the pe- all the guys that are listening out there who are our providers, 
why are you working to death? Why are you working so hard? Why are you oh, yeah. so concentrated on the things of money, your your income, your stocks? Why are you putting so much value in that when you could put your value mm-hmm. in the giver and the provider of all these things? And I think he challenges us in verse 30, he says, but look, just is it's like it's like Jesus saying, just, guys, just seek, seek my kingdom first. Just try yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Give up some of these things that you're excess your excesses. When I say your excesses, I mean your time excesses, where you're you're you you have not made time to know him. Mm-hmm. You've you've you you're serving you're serving the the master of money. You got to get this in in a proper alignment. Well, yeah. Seek him. Seek him a little bit first. Seek him more. And know how to walk in his ways, in his righteousness. I will then, in time, okay? Yeah, he says, I will, verse, I, yeah, go ahead. In verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that we just spoke to, the clothing, the the uh, provision, food, you know, whatever it is that you're, that we, we need to survive, he says, and all these things will be given to you as well. But I think it's awesome. Number one, seek his kingdom. And, you know, so I think what that says to me, Andrew, is that we have to know him before we can know his righteousness. So I think you put it in that order on purpose. Seek my kingdom and then my righteousness. That's amen. And and when we seek when we seek his righteousness, well, what is righteousness? But what is right? There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to destruction. What is right is what God has ordained what he has placed in motion before the foundations of the earth. It says that he knows even the number of hairs on our heads. Do we not think as he himself has said here? And, and I said, I, I presume that if we could hear it in his voice, he would be emphatic. See how the flowers of the fields grow. I think he would say it with great energy to make a convincing argument that what he's presenting is the way, the truth and represents the life. So if we can get this in the proper perspective and get it in balance. But, you know, Andrew, money is just one of the many things. I think the reason he spoke to money is because he knows how dangerous money is. The The issue, I think, of course, as, as we've said, and we, it bears repeating, with money is that it is the, the, um, it is the propellant that causes life to, to either succeed or fail in the natural it is, I mean, money is a yeah, really... You need, you need money to live. The, the world revolves around money. But when money becomes the God and not the one who gave the money, the one who created the money, the one who, who you know, proposed a culture that would work in, in, in an exchanging kind of way, you know, yeah. barter or whatever you want to call it, this is the one. The, the one who created the heavens and the earth is the one that well, every, everything money. you have in it your life. It was never intended to take Everything it. you have in your house, everything that belongs to you, it's not even yours. No, that's right. You're actually a steward of of your your suburban what he has given. Your house here. Yeah, with, absolutely. It's you're 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 just you're just trying to be a steward of what God has given you, and you're supposed to, you know, do well with what you've got to please him. Are you serving God? With what he's given you, are you seeing it as his? Yeah. And you're trying to be obedient, give your 10%, maybe give some offerings, maybe give 20%. Right. You know, so so I think he's talking about, again, the, it starts out, you know, what master, you have, a, I, guess, I think it's saying this, you have a master. Mm-hmm. 
everybody has a master and you can't serve both of them. And I think he's trying to say to you, probably the greatest master here, okay, is the things of this world. Well, being, being pulled into sort of saying, okay, I, 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 I know God exists and I know that he died for my sins, but um, I need to serve money because I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't really fully believe he's going to supply all my needs, and you can't have it both ways. You can't. Yeah, you don't. You can't have it both ways. I do. Do you not think a lot of guys think they can have it both ways? Oh, certainly, certainly they do. I mean, I think it's evident in society. It's evident in the church. It's evident everywhere that that inside the body we value money in about the same way that they do outside the body. It means everything to a lot of people. You know, another interesting thing about the word master, this is the one who you give allegiance to or you give or you give uh, rulership to. So a master is an interesting thing because I, I think none of us would, would disagree that if we say we have a master, this is this is like the, the, the top. You can't get any higher than this. There's no question. It's the allegiance. It's the respect. Loyalty, it's the it's loyalty. The it's the heart. That's why he uses that word master. You cannot have two masters. So if we claim him as our uh, savior, this this actually goes to that other word, lordship. Does he really have lordship over all aspects of our lives? And when we put it in the proper perspective, it all brings life balance. In fact, you know what? I, I'll tell you, Andrew, I think getting it in the right perspective de- develops humility in us if we're willing to see it for what it is. I agree. If we understand that he's the source of all life and everything he's referred to as as uh, giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that pertains to life. Okay, well, if you define life, it'll include money and everything. Sure. It'll, it'll include everything that we're exposed to in a living experience as a, as a living being. And if he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, what else is there? It does bring you, it breaks you down to realize, wow, this is really humbling that he chose to create Steve Crowdus or Andrew Platts or put your own name in there. When you look at it from that perspective, it really does change things. And, you know, one of the things I mentioned early, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Well, I was just going to add something. You told me yesterday there was a prominent doctor in town. Oh, yeah. And I want to go into the details. Yeah. But, you know, he was young. He worked in a, a, a very uh, prestigious hospital. Yeah. And he ended up committing suicide. And I don't want to say, you know, where he worked or all that other stuff. Yeah. But yeah. This guy probably had gained the whole world. Oh, yeah. But whatever was going on in his life, there wasn't, he wasn't breathing in and taking in the word, the word of life that set him free from the laws of sin and death. And he committed suicide, Steve. So you could say, now I don't know where he was. I don't even know this guy, but what is it? What, at, at what level do you have to get to to commit suicide? I mean, how despairing. Yeah. And 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 horrible is his life where he probably you know, he didn't I I would imagine I could be wrong, but I'm I would imagine he was not serving the Lord. I don't right. know of many oh, yeah. people who have served the Lord and who are ministering to other people who who take their lives. But yet he's probably not serving him and what did gaining all the world and all the serving the master of money or serving himself get him. He took his life and tragically his family. 
is now is now suffering, is now suffering terribly. Oh, yeah. And I don't know that that you know suicide is no respecter of persons nor of faith, but there's no question in my mind there have been many Christians who have taken their lives over many years over since the creation of time. I'm certain, but um, uh, I I would say that there's no question that the person who takes their life has found themselves into a place of despair and hopelessness. Mm-hmm. So who is the author of hope? You know, who is the author of every aspect of eternal life? It, it, it's God. I mean, it, you know, if we can get that in the right... Uh, uh, well, we he can, says his word is a tree of life. Yeah, the tree of life. I mean, it oh is a goodness. tree of life. And yeah, you know, yeah. that doesn't, it pretty much explains everything. That says we it find, all. We, when we read his word and seek him... Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we're seeking the life yeah. that comes through knowing him. Sure. And, you know, some of these people that have uh, taken their life or that have attempted to take their life have done so because of their their love of money. In other words, they may have gotten themselves... Um, That's true. Actually, you know, it's funny. They say doctors... Like their, their riches have disappeared or something? And well, they, they say that... I mean, I don't know that this applies, of course, to the doctor that we're referring to that took his life, but there, there are many wealthy who, um, in their wealth, they're so focused on their wealth that they're fearful to lose a penny of it. And if they lose it or if the stock market drops, that, you know, we know during stock drops, you know, there are... The right. suicide rate goes up. Right. Because people, their life dependency is in that funding. Well, look, 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 their master. Yeah. Wait a minute. When their the, master, the master fails them. When the master fails them, right? What hope is there? I mean. What hope is there? That's like a revelation to me. No, it is. It's almost it. like the master that they trusted all they these trusted years. that master. Every day, every year. And it failed. Every them. decade. Yeah. They come to a point in life, the master has dropped the ball. Something's not right, and they and, and they, they can't deal with it. They, they can't, can't overcome. It. Praise the Lord. We don't have a master who does that at no, all. No, that's right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's certainly that's certainly not Jesus, but it is the devil because it, it says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. But you know, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a heinous thing to 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 allow yourself to to fall into such hopelessness that there's no place to go but to check out. And you know, Andrew, I was looking at the CDC records just as an illustration. Between the years of 2000 and 2020, so of course statistics aren't caught up enough to review 21 or 20, those are still being evaluated, but more than 800,000 people died in the United States by way of suicide. And males represented 78.7% of all suicides. Why do you think that's true? I didn't know that. Well, hopelessness. I mean, it's why why the males and not the females? Oh, I think because males, you know, it, it's we're driven. We are so driven, and we are the provider. And when when we feel like we can't provide, we feel like we have failed, and that leads to shame. I, you know, it, it Andrew, it is so much like the devil to come to, to kill, steal, and destroy, to lodge a lie in your or my heart or anybody else's heart, and then get them from whatever they may be experiencing—fear, anxiety depression to take them to the point of complete hopelessness is is a form of checkmate you know i mean they may not lose their salvation in their suicide you know i mean if they're saved they're saved but but he's he has taken one off of the playing field the 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 battle for life that we all fight for especially as christians 
you know, we're we're called to be warriors for Christ. And if you can take one warrior off the battlefield of faith, I agree. He's done a great deal of harm. So, you know, it's it's really um man, so listen, the surging death rates from suicide, drug overdoses, and alcoholism, which re, uh, researchers refer to as deaths of despair, are largely responsible for consecutive three-year decline of life expectancy in the United States. Mm. Our life expectancy has been brought down by the CDC because of this high rate of, quote-unquote, deaths of despair. And you know what, Andrew? We can have a death of despair and still live if we're rendered ineffective because we are so hopeless, yet not willing to take our life. But, you know, if he takes us off the playing field of life in our faith, he's won the battle. And and that's why I'll actually say he he puts us in check when he gets us going down the wrong path. And he puts us in checkmate mm-hmm. when though we are saved and we are living, we are rendered ineffective in the in the essentials of the gospel transformation of our own life and the potential life change in another. In second does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. In Second Corinthians 5.17, people have heard this for forever. It says, therefore, if any man is in Christ or any woman, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I think that to me that means the way of your thinking is passed away. The old the old Andrew and the old Steve and the old listener mm-hmm. is now gone. And and the new man now is in Christ. And being in Christ, we serve him. Guys, we have to stop putting such value in on anything. On anything, particularly but money Jesus. and all and our profession. And that, you know, loving your profession so much and gathering up all the money you can get definitely competes with knowing him. Oh yeah, and when we when me and Steve are just constantly badgering the audience about seek him, spend more time with him. If you don't have an hour of the day, don't do an hour. If you don't have thirty minutes, don't do thirty minutes. Do two minutes. I mean, do a just minute. drag your Bible to work or drag it into the car. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. I, lately I've got I was reading a lot on online and through my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Now I got a Bible. I'm dragging it again. This is like what I, we used to do twenty years ago. I keep it on the kitchen table. I keep it. Oh, you know, amen. in no, my bedroom, too. I'm taking it in my car. I'm constantly trying to open it up as much as possible. And if I can't see the word there, I haven't gone as far as laminating scriptures, printing them out, laminating them, and printing off three or four of those things and putting them through the house. Keep his word ever before our eyes so that we continually have are, are seeing ourselves as the new man in Christ, not the new man in the new master which is something else besides God, but it's 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 devoted to him, seeking him and his righteousness every day. Guys, it's not easy. You know, see if it's a lot easier. Let's oh face gosh. it, it's a lot easier to be lazy. It is. So I mean, that's why lazy. most people yeah. watch so much TV. You plop your overweight body on a couch. Yeah, on a couch and you just and turn on whatever news channel or a sitcom and spend two or three hours just sort of like you're just sort of moderately entertained or whatever. Yeah, you know what, to that but, point. But, but this, reading the scriptures, thinking about him and trying to do it all the time is, it takes work. And I don't know if, you know, it takes work. And sometimes we don't want to do it when we have to say, look, I've got to, I've got to stare at the scriptures. I've got to look at the scriptures and I've got to have it repeated out of my mouth 
I am serving God and I'm not serving man. He shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall, shall men or women give into my life or into my bosom? Uh, he gives me the power to prosper. So if you're doubting, if, you know, if, you're, if you're worried about money, look at this scripture we just, we just showed you in Matthew. Or repeat these scriptures. Don't worry about it. Just say, look, he supplies all my needs. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've spoken that to sort of use my faith to get over my fears that I don't have enough money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking taking the easy route has led to an obese nation. Um, it's it's led to laziness, slothfulness, all sorts of things. The the uh, according to a national statistic here, since you raised the issue of sitting in front of the TV, in 2022 this year we will spend an average of over three hours individually every day in front of the TV. I would have guessed it higher than that. Yeah. I mean, some statistics about things like um, where we are, uh, where we are in terms of electronics in general, they say like seven or eight hours a day. Now realize right. in, a, in a 24 hour cycle, you know, we spend at least eight of that. Well, hopefully on average, we spend about eight hours sleeping. So, you know, that leaves 16. If we're spending seven hours on or in front of an electronic device, is that our master? So this master thing is not just about money. Everything does seem to come back down to the common denominator of money. But but I think Andrew and I would suggest to all of us, including ourselves, we have to be careful that nothing has mastery over us other than Christ and Christ crucified. You know, the scripture we talked about in Proverbs uh, 4 says, guard your heart with all diligence, Yeah, for yeah. from it come the issues of life. Yeah. Again, this is a, are you guarding your heart? Are you guarding your affections? Yeah. Your, your the heart the heart is distracted easily, and it goes where it goes wherever you wherever you it, you got to discipline the heart. Our heart should be primarily wanting to know Him better. That's exactly right. Know and be known. Yeah, and if we can get that right, if you can go, keep guarding your heart to make sure that is your you know that's the number one, you can have all these other pursuits. But God is a jealous God, and He's He He He. You know, we shall have no idols before Him. Make sure none of our affections, none of them, Steve. And there's a lot of things that you can love in this world, from sailing to trips to women to men. There's a lot of things that the heart can go after. Make sure that you don't put those idols above God, because you will you'll run into trouble later on in life. You know, there's a scripture that says, so as you sow, so also shall you reap. And I know a lot of, I well, I know a number of guys that really struggle with, with who they are and much of their time is spent in shame. They're sowing into that. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll ask them, are you reading the word? Are mm-hmm. you in God's word? Listen to this. In Matthew, I'll just continue. Jesus' words again. This is Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I mean, this is why I say, Andrew, you know, we've we've talked about this before as well, the notion that many of us are are on, you know, uh, a journey to want to read the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. I don't really personally, I mean, that's great, but rather than racing through just to say I read it in a year, I would rather 
partake of it as a meal. I agree. And really digest it, really chew on these. What, what does it mean when he says, ask and it will be given you? Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And I, I don't think that we, we necessarily want to want to say that, okay, whatever Steve wants, Steve's going to get because God's a slot machine. I don't see it that way. He says in this world you have tribulation. But by the same token, to these deeper issues of life, ask and it will be given you. This is, Jesus is saying this. It's like, it's like if my son Andrew says, asks me a question and doubts that I will do it for him as his father, I'm going to say to him, Andrew, I'm your father. I, I will that you would prosper, even as your soul prospers. I want you to prosper in in this life. Define that how you may. But my point is, what? And there's another scripture where Jesus says, "What? What? Uh, how's that go?" Where, where he says, "What child would ask his father?" Oh, it's right after that. Read, it read right the verse that? right after that. Yeah. Is it right after that? Read, read it to me. Well, where are you at? You're saying, "Ask um, and it shall be given to you." Yeah, that's verse seven, seven, chapter for seven. For everyone, uh, for verse nine. Um, is it verse nine? Which one? Oh yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> it's right before my eyes. Yeah. Which of you, if your son asked for bed, would give him stone, or if he asked for fish, would give him a snake? If then, though you are evil, no. If then you, who, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven will give good gifts to those who ask Him? So everything, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I mean, this is Jesus saying this to us. He's saying, you seek our father. You seek me. You seek the father. You seek one in the same and the door will be opened. I mean, I don't know what more we can I tell think it's, I think a it's, listener. What I think is really cool is, is that if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, it didn't say it'll be well with you or it's a good thing, which, you know, we know that's true, but it yes. says all these things will be added to you. Yeah. All these it's things. like God will then flood you, you know, sometime, with all the things sometime later about. in life with all the things of the world. Let's just say your bank account. Well, it does say in Proverbs that he'll make sure that, you know, it says in his right hand is long life and his left hand is riches and honor. It just doesn't say money. It says riches. And that he makes sure that he fills your treasury, Steve. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get into all that like, you know. Then you go buy a jet, or you, then you go buy a brand new car, and then you know all that stuff. But the point is, is that God is not poor. Yeah, and yeah. He actually likes to really, really bless us. So you know, step on faith and do the first thing, the seeking, and then all these things shall be added to you. Now, probably not instantly. I'm sure it's not instantly because I've been seeing it for a long time and I'm not yet a millionaire. Or yeah, even well, close. not that it's even about. But that, you know, of course, it's all, yeah, but, yeah, it's not. It's all about that. But God does want us. You know, remember if we're if we're good stewards of His money, He then gives us more. Yeah, it, it, and, and uh, money flows through us. He'll make sure that money flows through us, so we give back unto His kingdom, which that's is kind the of another subject. Purpose to the money, though, I think is not just for, for provision, but for the expansion and growth of the kingdom of His kingdom to to bless the world. To you know, yeah, to, to take care of you know those. I know. To me, this to me the real message here, and I know we kind of drift. We're drifting a little bit off here and there. Is What's what is the master you're serving? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're trying to serve both of them equally, you need to make kind of a a, a realignment. I made a realignment. Y- you got to say, and I, I know this has been repeated a lot, Steve. But if you're if you're not spending enough, t- if you're not trying to spend more time with God, then 
it it's kind of says something about where you're at. About your pursuits. Yeah, about yeah. where you're at in the Lord. In mm-hmm. other words, it does. you're trying to both get the world and what God wants for you. Just try to seek him more often and see what happens. Yeah, here in verse uh, 34, and maybe this is a great way to wind this up. In verse 34 of chapter 6, Matthew, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then backing up, you almost could put 33 right behind it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. I mean, I, I don't know that we can say enough about this. What Jesus was saying, I want to be your master. If I'm your master, you seek me first, you seek my righteousness and I will provide. That's the bottom line. And so again, as Andrew said earlier, if, if we are not in the word, then we are in this world. And and if we're in this world, we're following the tenets of this world, which lead completely to hopelessness. There really is no hope in the natural apart from him. So gosh, Andrew, it's been great doing the podcast today, um, as it is every time we do it. And um, we're hopeful that the gist of this for you is that you decide that he will be, we're not saying you're not a believer, not a Christ follower, but if you're a Christ follower, then he needs to be taking a place of prominence and preeminence in your life. He needs to be your master, the master of everything you think or hope for, nothing but. So until next time, God bless you guys, and we look forward to uh, seeing you on the next podcast. So long.